Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the only veterinary regenerative medicine podcast that is sweeping the nation, Ardent Roundtable. I'm your host, Dylan Lancaster, and of course, I'm joined by the stem cell guru himself, Dr. Larry Snyder, my co-host. How are you, Dr. Snyder? I'm doing great. How's everybody out there? Doing great, doing great, and I hope the listeners are doing well uh, likewise. Uh, So I'm really excited about our guest today, uh, Dr. Snyder. His name is Dr. Merton Pearson from Noah's Ark Pet Hospital in Amarillo, Texas. Uh, Dr. Pearson is an expert in veterinary dentistry as well as orthopedic surgery. We're super excited to have him as a partner. Uh, Dr. Pearson actually just started with us in January of this year, uh, and yet he's already done four stem cell cases. So today we really want to celebrate these cases and we want to pick Dr. Pearson's brain on how he got off to such a hot start with regenerative medicine here in the past three months. So without further ado, Dr. Pearson, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, so much fun. So little time. I'm just having a blast, guys. Good. Thanks for having me on. Dr. Pearson, can you please give our audience just some background on yourself and Noah's Ark Pet Hospital? Um, I'm a 1993 graduate of Texas A&M University. Uh, I am married to uh, Dr. Tiffany Olson, who is a 95 grad of A&M. And as far as I know, we're the only double docs that met and married before we got into vet school and both of us got in and the marriage survived. So that's, yes, you know, (laughs) proud of that little factoid. Uh, We opened... Um, Noah's Ark Pet Hospital here in Amarillo on the 15th of April of 2001. And I remember that because it was tax day. I remember it's 2001 because a few months later it was 9-11. And I was here in the office with one helper at the time because it was a little bitty practice at the time. And a guy from Merrill Lynch came in to get his dog vaccinated. And I remember visiting with him and him telling me what he did for a living. I'm like, oh, do you know? He says, yeah, we have Merrill Lynch owned the 50th floor of one of those towers he says i talked to those guys every day and i'm like oh crap and he's like yeah we can't get a hold of them. we have no idea that leaves an impression you know what i mean yeah, definitely. but we started noah's ark pet hospital with the concept of i i say it this way if you can get it through the front door gracefully i'll take a run at it i'll work on it small animals and exotics um we chose since we were starting from scratch i wasn't taking over a, a clinic i was i was just starting fresh and so we chose to set our standards higher um we wanted to be the go-to clinic in town we want to be the clinic that does it right the first time we want to be the clinic that does the diagnostics to find the problem and then treat the problem i don't want to do guess and go medicine i don't want to guess at what's going on throw some meds at it and go on I, I want to actually practice medicine like they taught me in vet school. Love orthopedic surgery. Broken bones make me happy. Um, in fact, <laughs> this morning I was doing a, a, a cranial cruciate surgery, doing a, an MMP surgery. That's a fun project, but, you know, that's just one of the things I like to do. Um, we got into dentistry at this practice because nobody else was doing it, and I get to play with power tools. I like power tools. It's always a plus. Yeah. And I mean, it gave me a chance to um, do fun things. Like I have done three root canals on a lioness. I've done two on a tiger. I just did three root canals on jaguar. You know, how many guys can say that? I mean, really, you know. You're the only one in your area that can do that, right? The only veterinarian that I know of that'll do it. You know, I've, I've, I went in to get a root canal done on my own tooth one year and was talking to the endodontist and my wife was there and we were talking about their file system and what they're doing. And they're working with little files that are about yay so long. And my wife went back to the clinic and got my lion files, which are this long and brought them back. And those guys, eyes just went, (laughs) holy cow. And I'm like, dude, that root is... Oh, where is it? I should have had this out here. I'm sorry. I've got a visual aid that I've lost. I've got a lioness. I had to pull one of the lioness's teeth. And from the gum line to the bottom of the tip of the root is that long. What is that? Six, eight inches? No, no, no. That's about two and a half inches. It's about the size of my thumb. Okay. 
from about yeah about there up yeah holy cow i mean it's just they're huge they're massive you know yeah and and nobody else gets to do those kinds of things because a lot of them just don't want to right but we have always positioned ourselves trying to be you know we have let's put it this way we have people come to us because their vet can't figure it out so they, they've been told by their friends that well if you want to get an answer you go to Noah's Ark and they'll figure it out for you actually get you an answer and that's the kind of practice we've always wanted to be yeah we're even pushing to we're going around visiting veterinarians in the Texas panhandle you know outside of Amarillo saying hey you got a broken leg you don't want to mess with Gibbs call send it in I'll take care of it for you you've got this, you got, you know, you got a dental problem you need done, send it to me. I'll handle it. So we're, we're doing some referral work, even though I am not a board certified veterinarian. I'm, I'm a veterinarian, but I'm willing to do the work. And that's the, that's the important thing, Dr. Pearson, is the fact that you've got the most modern up-to-date and cutting edge, which is where stem cells fits in. It's, it's the cutting edge. It's, it offers something that, it offers something that, that so far in veterinary medicine, we haven't seen. Yeah. And that's, that's a big part of the reason I jumped on this is because I'm wanting to do more than just put a bandaid on it. I, I, I want to do things that actually make the pet healthier. If that makes sense. I want, I want to heal joints or heal backs or whatever, instead of just putting a bandaid on getting some of the inflammation out and getting them where they're functional again. And we're throwing drugs at them all day, every day. I, yep. I want to get them back to where they can be pets again. Absolutely. And in dentistry, dentistry, you've got a, a huge, I mean, human, human dentistry uses a lot of regenerative medicine as far as a lot of PRP scaffolding. So there's a lot of work and the zoo animal work. I've done some zoo animal, some zoo animal work extremely rewarding to do i know you you work with the cats certainly um i haven't got to work with a with a cat yet i'm i'm still on the then the little lemurs and the uh, and the otters but it's uh it is rewarding to take and do yeah yeah i've, I've worked with lemurs we've got one i call bonsai bob because his uh first time they let him out of the cage with the group of other lemurs he's he was an individual that was brought in and he panicked and climbed up the fence and then looked around and went, ah, and jumped and landed and <laughs> broke his hand. My hand hurts. Climb back up again. Jump. Bam. And it was like four or five cycles before they finally got him caught and stuffed back in a cage and then brought him to me. And I had to put a ball, you know, bandage on his hand. So he's <laughs> Bonsai Bob to me. I don't know what they call him, but they all know when I talk about Bonsai Bob, they know who I'm talking about. I've done the lemurs, I've done the lions, tigers, and bears, so I've got the trifecta, you know. Yeah. It's fun. It is so it's fun. incredible. It's really I'm looking, incredible. I'm looking though. forward to doing some some stem cell stuff because our zoo is population-wise is getting old. You know, hmm. I'm looking forward to getting them to say, yeah, let's let's go on ahead and and start doing some stem cell treatments on these these animals and give them some relief. So Dr. Pearson, sometime, sometime if you want to. We'll get the, the zoo director and I'll get on with Dr. Sotomayor from the Kansas City Zoo. Um, and Dr. Sotomayor has been the one I've been working with down there. And mm -hmm. we'll see if we can we can take kind of use the experience we've had at Kansas City Zoo and what he's he's very forward looking veterinarian. And um, Dr. Christine McCullough at Bush Garden Zoo is in the same. She was there when I was working on one of the animals and um, uh, since gone on to to be the the veterinarian at Bush Garden Zoo, she wants to use um, regenerative medicine too. I think we need. She to actually just it. treated a tiger, Doctor Snyder. Great. These yeah. are the ones. These are the ones that we need to take, and we'll get them together, and uh, so they're not like a the lone man on an island. So right. That they right. they can start uh, working together. But yeah, let let me know sometime, and we'll we'll. Put our heads together and, and help these zoos help these animals i would love to network with some others i mean love working with you larry i, I, I have enjoyed it no end i want a broader <laughs> network you know i just I, I want more resources 
Well, and to that point, Dr. Pearson, uh, to all the listeners that are listening into this podcast today, I do want to just bring up, we have probably 20 to 25 episodes, all of them, just different veterinarians, colleagues talking about their applications, their success stories, their testimonials with regenerative medicine. So uh, definitely everybody make sure you check out those other episodes if you're listening today. Um, you know, Dr. Pearson, I know, of course, how you found us because you and I have been working together since October of last year. But do you mind telling our audience how you just came to be partnered with Ardent Animal Health? Where did you hear about us? What what was that process like? Um, the first I heard about you was my practice manager walked in my office and walked up beside me and said, hey, I got this phone call from this company that does stem cell stuff and blah, blah, blah. And they want to talk. And I'm uh, frankly, I was overloaded with things going on right then. And I'm like, if you want to take that phone call and, and start that process and see if it's something that we want to, uh, let me back up and say it this way. I managed this practice for 20, 25 years myself and finally, finally admitted that I cannot manage myself out of a wet paper sack. Let, let's just be honest. I'm, I'm a great <laughs> surgeon. Okay. I'm a pretty good clinician, not a manager. And so sure. when I finally gave up, we went and hired a management company to teach me how to manage. I'm like, why are you teaching me? I don't, you know, I can't do this. Well, you got to know how to manage the manager. Fine. It was a week long course. I get two days into it and they're like, you don't need to be managing. No, you, you don't get to manage him. Home run. I'm I'm there, you know. And then they decided that my wife, who um, does not want to practice actively, was the better person, right? And so they asked her if she would, and she took it on. And I have subsequently said, you know, you guys know veterinarians. We're bad about letting go, you know. I want to control. And so when I decided I can't manage and I'm not going to manage, I had to just let go and leave it. And so I made the rule that if it bleeds, it's my problem. If it doesn't bleed, it's not my problem, right? Well, choosing whether we're going to talk to you guys or not at all doesn't bleed. Right. And we've, we've hired a practice manager. And so I turned her loose to start the process rolling. And she and my wife looked into it. And then they came to me and said, we think you need to look at this. And that's when I got involved and went, oh, hey, real process, real equipment, real help, real results, real cool. That's pretty real. I'm liking this idea. That's, that's pretty Let, real. <laughs> let's go, let's slick our ears back and take a hard look at it. Yeah. And and we did. And then my wife said, okay. You know, we got to kind of think about do we or don't we want to do this? Let's all think about it. And about a week later, I'm like, honey, I need, I want this in the clinic. I want it right now, you know? And so she figured out how we were going to pull the trigger on that. And away we Here went. We are. It was just a matter of figuring out that, yes, this fits with my practice philosophy. This fits with what I would like to do, which is fix things, you know, yeah. not just band-aid things. Let's, let's make them better let's fix them and precisely you're you're exactly right you're not putting a band-aid on things you're actually fixing them. that's that's so important that's a that's the major concept with regenerative medicine dr Pierce. yeah and that and so that's that's kind of how we got started i i actually let my management team take the first look at it and visit with you guys and then they came back to me and said yes this is something we think you need to look at and so i did and went oh real i can do this yeah well medically what was the biggest selling point for you i have always thought that stem cell therapy was underutilized and underrated and but i also thought that it was still kind of trapped in the lab you know in the research world that it hadn't been standardized and it hadn't really been commercialized where it was something that I could do in the middle of my busy day 
where I've got great technicians and they can be trained and they just make it happen. I do the surgery part, they make it happen. I give the shot. You know, I didn't realize that that tech was out there. And when it came up, I'm like, you know, a chance to actually thinking about arthritis to actually put cells in there that would in part help to uh, resurface the joint a little bit. You know, I I mean, I keep telling people, I'm never going to make this joint like God made it originally. It's never going to be that good, Mm -hmm. but it gets better than it was. You know, I'm actually moving it back towards normal and to be able to deal with the arthritis and the inflammation and the pain and be able to get them off of the, the pain meds that I've had dogs on pain meds for years before because I didn't have any other options and they did fine, but you're always going at some point, this may bite me in the backside and right. You know, I'm not going to hurt them with stem cells because I just took them out of the dog and then put them back in, you know, I'm not going to hurt the dog or the cat. It's just not, it's not there to hurt them. Dr. Schneider always says worst thing that could happen is nothing. Yeah. You know, in, in vet school, we had, a plaque, uh, it was in the anatomy lab. So first years is what you saw every day walking in the anatomy lab that said, uh, primarum no noceri, above all, do no harm. Yeah, you know, well, this qualifies. You know, I'm not doing any harm by doing a stem cell treatment or a platelet-rich plasma treatment. I'm not hurting them. And I have the potential to, to fix or improve, you know, and, and put them in a better place. I don't know what the question was, but there's my rant for that. <laughs> no, I like that was a, that was a good answer, and I think that's why Dr. Know, Pearson course. and I'll get we'll start talking and just kind of we had go from one topic to the other. It's a great conversation. I so just much fun back out of talking to it. <laughs> good. I'm glad that you guys were able to get connected, and for oh, everybody listening, you're you're welcome to connect with uh, Dr. Snyder and potentially Dr. Pearson as well. I'm sure he'd be happy to to work sure. with colleagues. But um, you know, one of the things I wanted to touch on today, Dr. Pearson, was your training day. So training day was a little bit interesting for us. You guys had a once in a decade ice storm, I think, hit Amarillo and. We flew Ben out there. Unfortunately, Ben chose to connect in Denver, which is always a little bit of a gamble. So um, he gets to Denver night before training. Flight gets canceled. Ben calls me, says, well, my flight's canceled. I don't know what I'm going to do. Ben decided to drive seven and a half hours from Denver. We just rented him a car. He drove from Denver to Amarillo, Texas, got there at like 3, 4 a.m., Woke up that next morning at 7.30, showed up at Noah's Ark Pet Hospital and did the entire training day. I think it was a, a very successful day. I'll let Dr. Pearson speak to that a little bit more. But, you know, it just all goes to say that here at Ardent, treating the patient, uh, assisting our partners, that is the number one priority. Uh, up to and including driving through the night in a snowstorm to get somewhere. We're always happy to to work with our partners. And I know, Dr. Pearson, you you certainly appreciated that. Oh, that was, that's the kind of service level that I aspire to. I I was talking to my crew after that was over with saying, guys, you guys do this to, to a large extent, but that's a classic example of what I want us to do is take care of our people like that you know it was awesome um i felt so sorry for ben because he had so much fun getting here and then so much fun getting home it's just like <laughs> really really you know it was all worth it though because we got oh, the, was... we got the patients treated right and the day went smoothly didn't it how would you what, what would you oh, uh, say the day, the day was, overall the day was great we had two cases lined up um we had rue who is a uh french bulldog female spade who uh, was basically uh, hemiplegic. She's uh, back legs just not working much. Uh, she had sores worn on the tops of her back feet where she'd been dragging herself around. Um, she had come to me about a month before because nobody else had been able to help her. Uh, I didn't have the stem cell thing. We hadn't pulled the trigger on it yet. Um, but I was thinking about it at that time. Um, but I'm like, you know, all I've got for you is let's try steroids. 
and see if we can get some inflammation out of that back, see if we can get some function back. Let's, let's give it a whirl. So I did a, a decreasing dose run of steroids and they came back in a couple of weeks and basically nothing had happened. And at, by that time, we had decided to pull the trigger on it, on bringing you guys on board. And I'm sitting there visiting with his owner who loves this little dog. And she's a sweet little Frenchie. You know, most Frenchies are just too damn cute and, <laughs> and very nice dogs, most of them. And this one sure is. And he's just like, what, you know, and I, I'm going, I'm bringing this in, you know, stem cell therapy. They're telling me that you can use this on a back. Um, and I've, I've seen one video of a boxer that, you know, starts out dragging and a month later, it's kind of up and wobbly in a couple of months, it's walking and trotting a little bit. And in about six months, it's out on the ice going, da, 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 you know, and I'm like, it's a total hail mary you know i got nothing else we can do stem cells on this one toss that one down to the end zone see what we get it's a roll of the dice what do you want to do and he says i'll try it okay you know we had already kind of talked to price and and he didn't care he was willing to roll the dice I'm like great as soon as i know when they're going to come down and train you'll be first on the list and then i also had Another client that loves his cats, and he's got some old ones. And he had a cat, little bit, who bit me on the finger yesterday. <laughs> Go figure. Anyway, little bit had chronic pancreatitis, inflammatory bowel disease, and chronic kidney failure. And yeah, she's kind of fading on us and doesn't want to eat much, and her bowels are a little loose and off. And she just moping around, not doing good. And I talked to that client and said, you know, these are inflammatory problems and stem cells work really good at settling inflammation down. And that's what we really need. We need to get that pancreas, get the fire put out in it, get that inflammation down. We need to get the inflammation out of the gut so it'll work and see if we can get the kidneys to come back to us, you know, see if we can settle them down, get them to come back. and." he's you know i told him about what it run and he kind of gritted his teeth and said okay you know i can i said it'll be a couple of weeks i think i will let you know when, when we're ready for training and he he decided to go for it and so those were our two cases and ben came in a little tired but <laughs> excited to be there yeah and, and and he's great oh yeah he's wonderful you know, he's, he's awesome. Uh, and, and we went and did the, the fat harvest on one and he started showing my crew uh, how to process the fat. And while he was teaching half my crew how to do that, the other half was getting the other pet down and harvested the fat off of the second one. And so he has half my crew processing one set of fat. The other half of my crew is processing the other set of fat the only problem i had with ben was at one point in the second go around i had to say ben quit doing start letting you <laughs> let them do it not do it for them which he thought was funny you know it, it's a no big deal it really yeah. wasn't a big deal but i did kind of so you did it. two cases in one day though we did two day. cases in one day and it went smoothly it's slick as a gut just wonderful and then we uh prepped the little Frenchie. Um, we didn't even tranquilize her or anything. We just laid her down. Somebody held her head and shaved. Well, first off, we x-rayed to find out where all the problems were. And we had two, what I call keystone vertebrae. So instead of being rectangles, they're wedged. And that's abnormal. Abnormal right there. And we had two of those. And then we had um, three disc spaces that were uh, narrowed in the lumbar spine and so we had five places that we needed to inject uh 10 shots one on each side for five different places so this dog basically got kind of patchy racing stripes up either side of her the back mm -hmm. of her spine she looked kind of funny um sterile scrub and dropped a little bit of uh, i had called larry and asked him how much and 
and so on and so forth. And he coached me through how much to drop in and we injected her and uh, she, she laid still for it, did great, barely. I mean, she, she, she kind of fussed a little on one shot, I think. And that was it, you know, so it, that was just great. And, and Larry had coached me on where to put them. So that wasn't a problem. Ben was making sure we had it all prepped right. That wasn't a problem. Uh, the crew came out of it um, having taken notes along with the checklist that comes with the 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 kits. Um, mm -hmm. And we came out of that with a, a a set of instructions that they rewrote. Uh, and uh, we have been able to follow those instructions every time no hmm. problem it's just smooth as silk everything just flows so it's it's an easy system to do the cat we called him about two weeks later and said how's she doing he said i fed that cat 10 times today because it's so hungry and stools back to normal you know it used to be soft and looking like this and now it's just normal poo kidneys are they went a little bit sideways in part probably because we're putting so much protein in the cat that the kidneys are not able to handle the load and so we're, we're fighting that fight right now but you know the gut straightened out the pancreatitis settled down because she's willing to eat anything that you put in front of her and she acts like she feels good now the frenchie that's the fun one dragging her back feet i even took a little bit of leftover prp and injected it under the wounds on the back feet just because i had it you know why not prp so why not use it you know and yeah. get it under there settle that down kind of like a lit granuloma and let's go you know and uh i personally from visiting with you guys and like that i had thought 30 days before i really am going to be able to call that owner and get a yeah, you know, I'm seeing a little bit of progress. It's a little better and like that. But at 15 days, people keep asking me what what's happening, what's going on, including I think you, Dylan, had got a hold of saying, What's going on? Can't help myself. I know. I, I hear you. And so I went on ahead and um called him at 15 days post-injection and said, How's Rue doing? The dog's name is Rue. And he said, Well, I'm having trouble. And I was like, Oh crap, what? What's going on? And he says, I can't stop her from running. <laughs> what i want video it didn't happen if i don't see a video and basically the video got that i've got that i will share with you guys when i get a minute um still got sachet in her walk uh, at two weeks it's not normal she's not perfect but and she doesn't she doesn't like slick floors still they're, they're a little hard to navigate but she's doing okay but she'd get up on one area rug and she'd get all situated and be standing up and she'd aim herself at the next area rug. And then she'd take off and she'd just go charging across the slick floor. She'd get to the other area rug and slam on the brakes and turn around and reset. And here she'd go running back. It was the funniest thing in the world to see. She had the zoomies. She got the zoomies. She was running from carpet to carpet, back and forth in the living room. I was like, you, her. you have got to be kidding me. This is a dog that was down wearing sores on its back leg sores were basically gone in two weeks and she's i love your description I, I love your description dr pearson that's the best description of a dog going across the slick floors i've ever heard isn't it great just you know it was i was just amazed two weeks yeah. so yeah now i'm like okay i get a uh, a back come in and uh, my first option is going to be stem cells, honestly, anymore. Hmm. I'm going to offer that before I would even think about offering surgery, uh, which I don't do hemilaminectomies. I have a classmate an hour south of me that does. And and I very seldom will, will have a hemilam done. But I am going to, I'm going to offer stem cells first because I can fix it as opposed to functionally getting some of it back and we'll see what we get and like that i just am convinced that the better treatment is going to be the stem cells 
So that's going to be my first talking point. And if they can't swing that, then we'll talk about doing steroids and start saving your money because I'm going to want to inject this back somewhere down the road and stop the pain meds and stop the anti-inflammatories and move. You know, historically in the veterinary industry, I think it's, you can medicate, you can operate, right? But now I think regenerative medicine is starting to fit into that third space. Is that something that you're seeing? That's where I'm going. That's sure where I'm going. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the surgeon's motto is a chance, that's a chance to cure. And I, I totally believe that in a lot of places, but um, I am also, as much as I love surgery, I'm still one that I don't want to whip out the knife unless I have to whip out the knife. I mean, I think I shared with Dr. Pearson the, the the thing when I was in school, it was always uh, anything you can't cure with surgery, you can cure with medicine. And anything you can't cure with medicine, you can cure with surgery. It doesn't take us very long being out in practice before you realize there's a lot of gray area. Regenerative medicine fits into this beautifully as far as giving us another option. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with that. There's, it just opens up a whole other area where we can actually do something that helps you know uh now are stem cells going to fix a broken leg all by themselves mm, that's a hard no you know you still got to stabilize the joint or the bone and you gotta you gotta do those kinds of things will it accelerate the healing well, i totally believe it will heck i i believe platelet-rich plasma will accelerate the healing um on this cranial cruciate surgery that i did today i, I do what's called a modified mckay procedure and I use a titanium foam wedge to advance the tibial tuberosity. And uh, right before I put the wedge in place in the cut in the tibial tuberosity, I soak it. I, I literally soak it with platelet-rich plasma and then put the wedge in so that it's got all of those growth factors drawing those bone cells into the titanium, in the spaces in the titanium so that it locks down faster. Absolutely. Absolutely. Excellent use of excellent use of PRP. It, it enhances the healing and it makes the surgeon look better. The yeah. surgeon looks better. And, you know, I've had a couple of those MMPs fail because the client quit restricting the dog's exercise level before I had told them it was okay to quit restricting the dog's exercise level and the dog took it apart and it just totally failed, you know, and then you feel like dirt because you know, you've got, you're in worse shape than you were. And I hate that. Uh, but everybody has a failure. I've had a couple, but now I'm accelerating the healing so that if I can just, if I can keep them gathered up and controlling the dog for a while, I, I stand a much better chance of having everything healed enough that they can't fail it on me. Right. What else are you using PRP for? First case I did with PRP was a police dog that had a lit granuloma. Now, I don't know if you guys have dealt with police dogs much, but every one of them that I've worked with tends to be hyperactive and incoherent. Okay. I mean, they're usually well-trained, but they are just sitting there just, just vibrating, just ready to go do something. That's the personality they look out for, isn't it? A lot of times they want dogs that have a lot of drive. Yeah. A lot of drive. And um, this dog does. I mean, it's it's a it's a motivated Malinois. It's a nice dog. Actually, it's very social. Uh, that's one of the very few police dogs that I'll walk in the room and just say, "Hey, Ronan, what's going on? What's happening?" Love on the dog, you know. And you know the the handler, the police officer has has told me it's okay for me to do that, you know. And Ronan and I get along great. And but she still handles the dog when I'm doing something challenging like poking him with a sharp metal object or something like that <laughs> you know there most of the time i will not let clients hold their pets that's just a rule unless it's a police dog and then the handler runs everything and tells me what i can do that way absolutely. everybody stays safe right absolutely so ronan came in and had about a two inch long three quarters to one inch wide leg granuloma on one front leg and raw lit granuloma and i'm going you know i don't know about you guys but in my hands 
traditionally, lit granulomas are the bane of my existence. They just suck. You know, they just don't heal. You bandage them, you cone them, you put them on antibiotics and steroid creams and oral steroids and blah, 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 blah. And you just, you fight them and fight them and fight them forever and never get it done. Sometimes you'll get one that'll straighten out the rest of them. You're just fighting all the time. And everybody's frustrated. Dog's frustrated, owner's frustrated. I'm very frustrated. Well, he comes in with this and I tell her, I said, I'm bringing this in. Platelet-rich plasma. This is the way to go. It's going to cost this much. And she says, I'll go talk to the captain. So she went back, talked to her captain. Her captain goes, is that the best way to treat it? And he, she said, that's what he says. He says, well, he's part of the team, so we got to take care of him. So they pulled the trigger on it. Brought him in, pulled the blood. Girls processed it. Handed me a syringe full of platelet-rich plasma. I mean, we split it up so I'd have some for retreats. And uh, got him drunk because he's a police dog and had the police officer hold. And I just injected it in and kind of under the lip granuloma, uh, all, all around and in, in and under it. And then I took the clot that was left over and just slapped it on the raw spot, put a telfer pad over it and wrapped it with vet wrap. And uh, said, leave that on there as long as he will. When he takes it off, it's off, don't sweat it, you know. And 24 hours later, the bandage was gone, you know. But we got 24 hours with the clot laying on there, just soaking that open wound in factors. And um, two weeks later, I called her up and said, how's Ronan doing? What's it looking like? And she's, um, she was supposed to come back. No, I called her at 13 days because she's supposed to come back 14 days. And I wanted to know what whether I needed to be ready to inject again or not. And she said, it is almost healed. And I said, I want pictures. So she sent me a picture. I forward those to you too. And it went from a raw spot that was about two inches long to one that was about two to three millimeters diameter was all wow. that was left that was raw. She said he, he was licking and fussing with that leg the first 24 hours until the bandage came off. He never licked again. No cone, no commands, no no watching him just once he got the bandage off out of his way he just quit beautiful and it healed and i'm like but, and, he, and you hit a very good point as far as photographs and videos both on rue and on ronan both as far as it it documents it for you and it also reinforces the owners have have a lot of amnesia it also takes and reinforces what what actually happened with the case so that's an excellent point to take and and uh, get out to other veterinarians as well as photographs and videos are your friend pre and post absolutely absolutely i'm i'm pushing that harder and harder we have an app at our clinic and i'm like guys i don't care if you take a picture every day send it to me just put it on the app shoot it to me right i would love to have them all you know i'll go buy more hard drives i don't care send me all the pictures so yeah, I'm I'm using that to kind of help reinforce and also so that I've got something to show potential cases. Absolutely. Things I've done. This is not the cherry pick from Arden where they've picked their very best of their very best. These are the cases I did in this office. These these are people that that have come to me and I've treated them. And if the owner wants and if the owner wants to and the and the video or the person that had the dog that you did the treatment on, give them a call and talk to them directly. Yeah. Yeah. Those are all potentials, all kinds of things that we can do. And we can put those together for you, Dr. Pearson. If you send us those videos, those pictures, we can put them together into like a nice uh, Facebook template or something that you can post uh, on your social media pages or save to show those pet owners. So we do that, uh, of course, free of charge for all of our partners. Cool. Um, Dr. Pearson, I know we were talking about some of the um, surgical applications, wound care. What are some other ways in which you're using platelet-rich plasma? Um, one of the places that I've, I've just made it a standard of care for my clinic now is if I have an animal that has pancreatitis. Cats are notorious for getting pancreatitis, and it just smolders along. It never goes away. 
it doesn't necessarily get horrible bad it's not like a dog where they just all of a sudden wake up one morning and they're puking their brains out and sore in the abdomen and won't eat anything and can't keep anything down even if they would eat they just kind of quit eating well and they mope around and they're, they're cats they hide it and they never get it settled down it never just goes away and so now if i have something come in that i suspect has pancreatitis so run my lipase test and find out do they or don't they get the diagnosis run my diagnostics get a diagnosis and then actually treat the problem and part of my standard of care now is i'm going to draw blood prepare some platelet-rich plasma and i'm going to inject that intraperitoneally in to wash over that pancreas and try to settle that inflammation down faster i also i hospitalize them still i still fast them for 24 hours especially the dogs uh, I still run them fluids because I want to super hydrate them and help wash those inflammatory mediators out. But I also want that PRP to get in there and just bathe that area in anti-inflammatory factors that are so effective out of that platelet-rich plasma. And it has been surprisingly good. I've had uh, three cats now that I've done that with, and all three of them overnight and went home and started eating everything in front of them and are doing great. So I'm happy with that. Dogs, uh, normally I can turn them around in 24 hours with just fasting and, and fluids. But now it's like 12, 14 hours into it. And instead of waiting 24 hours and starting uh, starting oral med, or sorry, starting oral hydration and then small meals like that, 14, 15 hours into it. And I'll throw some water at them and they just hoover it up and ready to go you know and a little more water and they're going and they're wagging their tail and they're looking bright and perky and not hurting and some food and they just by 24 hours when i'm usually starting to look at giving them something orally i'm done and saying send them home you know let them go home keep them on a mild diet low fat rock and roll as they say in england bob's your uncle and away we go <laughs> And you're saying that you really don't even give them the choice because you found that that is the most uh, effective way to treat that, right? I, that's exactly right. I I explained that that's what I'm going to do. Right. Present it as this is how I treat pancreatitis. This is what works. You know, I explained that the pancreas makes digestive enzymes and they're made in an in inactive form. So that when you eat or drink something and you stimulate that pancreas, it dumps those inactive enzymes into the ductwork and they trickle down into the gut and then in the gut, they get activated. But if the pancreas is inflamed, you eat or drink something, you dump those inactive enzymes and that inflamed environment activates them and they start chewing on the inside of the pancreas. That makes more inflammation. It just turns into a self-feeding cycle. So I explain this to them. And then I say, so my treatment protocol is 24-hour fast, no food, no water, no nothing past the lips. IV catheter and fluids trying to wash those inflammatory mediators out of the pancreas, get them super hydrated so that microcirculation is expanded and is carrying things out and washing that pancreas out. And platelet-rich plasma, because it will go in there, I can give that shot in intraperitoneally, it'll wash over that pancreas, and it's just like putting a fire extinguisher on it, just putting the fire out. And between settling the inflammation with the platelet-rich plasma and washing those inflammatory mediators out, so they're not even there anymore to cause problems, it just straightens them out, and here's what it costs. And what do you say? I love your I love your mindset and how you talk to your pet owners, right? I mean, of course, you've built up that trust with your community over the course of decades, having this practice that's, you know, practicing more progressive medicine and figuring out solutions to things that people probably never imagined they would have a solution for with their pet. Um, and of course, talk to me course, about yeah. how you bring that up with your pet owners in conversation. Of course, still, and the other so thing is PRP, the veterinarians, sorry. the veterinarian. The, your clients also trust what you, what you feel is the best medicine. They've, they've developed right. that trust. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am building on 22 years in this location of yeah. clients that have come to me. I've got 
I still see client number 22 out of my 20 some odd thousand that I've got in the computer now. I still see client number 22. You see client number one. He finally, he got old and his last dog got really old and died. And, you know, I don't see Bill anymore, which is a bummer, but it's because he doesn't have any pets. But anyway, yeah, there's, there's that trust there. But also, you know, as veterinarians, um, as a profession, we have a great reputation, you know. And so I just presented as this is how I do it. This is the best thing I found. And if they say, you know, I can't afford that, um, then I can negotiate. I don't have, in vet school, they taught me, you don't have x-ray eyes. You know, you cannot x-ray a client's wallet. You can't tell how much cash is in there. You know, you can't tell what they're willing to sacrifice. So offer what you think is best medicine is the right thing to do. And if they say they can't do that, work down to what you're willing to do and they're willing to pay for, you know, negotiate, but put it out there and say, this is the way it is. This is how we do this. And they're more likely to say, go for it than not. That's you know? best medicine. You're, yes. you're offering the best medicine. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. That's exactly what I'm trying to do. I just say, this is the best way to do it. I've had great success with this. This works basically every time that I've tried it. This is the way that I treat it. This is my standard of care. Now, you know, if they come back and say, I can't afford that, I can say, okay, we can do the, the hospitalization, the IV catheter and the fluids and 24-hour fast and like that and see if we can get your pet going. But you need to start saving money so that you can come back on the back end and let us do a platelet-rich plasma treatment to make sure that we have got that pancreas completely straightened out. And, you know, so I can, I'm willing to negotiate. I don't have a problem with that. But I always start with this is, this is my standard. This is how I do this. You know, and, you and see, I'm, finding, I'm finding more places where I'm doing that. I'm doing parvo puppies like that. Now, uh, I've got one going right now that came in yesterday, looked pretty ratty. Um, we went ahead and got our blood and we've done the platelet rich plasma. And he thought about drinking, and he did drink a little bitty bit of water today. And then he kind of went, Oh, I don't think I want to do that. So we've pulled it, you know, we're, we're sitting on him still. It, it didn't cure the parvo. I didn't expect it to cure the parvo. It's not going to cure the parvo but it is helping the gut stay healthier and better prepared for when the virus is overcome, the, the gut will respond faster and reline better, quicker, faster, however you want to think of it, so that we can get this pet out of here sooner. Cutting that inflammation, you're removing, you're removing a lot of that inflammation. Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent way to do it. And these puppies, what else do we have? Other than, this is part of supportive care. Yeah, and, and it makes them feel better. And the worst part about treating, well, one of the worst parts about treating Parvo is the fact that the dogs just feel like trash the whole time until they turn around. They just look like gutted snowbirds that don't want to be here anymore. You know, they just feel awful. And I hate that. I don't want them to feel like that. Even though I've got them on pain meds and I've got them on fluids and I've got them on anti-nausea meds, they just... Oh, they look awful, you know, and this little squirt, he's kind of, he's moping around, but he's not sitting there looking at me like, would you just please shoot me, please, you know, so yeah, I, I really feel like we're doing good for the pet, we're improving yeah. the quality of the care, we're giving this little squirt a better chance of straightening out, um, we're we're keeping that inflammation down because when he gets inflamed, then he just starts leaking all of his proteins out into the gut and he starts bleeding more into the gut and he starts having more losses that I can't replace, you know, gracefully. Uh, and so if I can keep all the good stuff on the inside of the dog and, and get his immune system to step up and take out the virus, then I've got a dog that's ready to roll. Anything that ends in an itis, we can use stem cells and PRP for. And that's that's what I have been using to look for opportunities to, to use this. One of the other things I did, and I may be jumping the gun on you, Dylan, but when we started looking at 
bringing stem cells and platelet-rich plasma on board. Um, I sat down with my crew and said, here's a yellow pad, who's gonna be the scribe? Let's start game planning. What kind of cases can we do? And who have we got that we could reach out to that we could help? And we, we developed page, page and a half on a legal yellow pad of either diseases, you know, situations where it would be appropriate or people who had patients that fit like uh, Scout Mercado, uh, a, uh, a doodle, golden doodle, dumb doodle, I don't know, doodle, <laughs> just a doodle, I guess. And this dog, they paid, I'm not going to say stupid amounts of money, they, they paid large sums of money for this dog. And I love these people, they're friends of mine from church, but yeah, it's a dog. And it uh, came with strings attached, like, it's not your dog until I get a, a litter of puppies out of it, and you can't spay it without my permission, and yada, 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 yada. And this dog came in, and it was having uh, recurring, severe constipation. Could not get this thing straightened out. I had it on Cisapride, and I had it on um, Metamucil, and I had it on something else can't remember off the top of my head trying to keep his just keep things flowing through the dog and the dog had an attitude it was mean and grumpy and they were training on this dog i mean they were working hard on this dog trying to get it attitude better and we spent a whole bunch of money trying to figure out what we we're going to do for this dog's guts because they weren't right and they wanted the breeder wanted puppies out of it and we made it all the way to 20 months old on this dog and it still hadn't cycled and i'm like they finally got me on the phone with the breeder and she says can you tell me why you keep saying you want to spay this dog and i said yeah it's really easy she's got a bad attitude you don't want to breed a bad attitude she's got inflammatory bowel disease is what it appears to be is going on and she hadn't cycled and she's 20 months old so she got an abnormal endocrine system abnormal gut and a really crappy attitude you don't want to spread those genetics well my genetics are really good it's not in this dog you know owner finally put his foot down and got him to after going to a cancer care center and finding out that it was for sure an inflammatory bowel disease and not lymphoma so finally got through that and we were able to go to spay and while we were at the spay i had already talked to them and it was harvest the fat develop the stem cells IV some stem cells and bank some stem cells and go. And the dog is happier now. She, she, I still don't trust her, but she's a happier dog because she's not hurting in the gut all the dadgum time. You know, she is eating more normally. Her stools are normal. She's pooping. What a concept, you know. Uh, she is doing better, you know. So. That was one of the Great cases story. that when we were game planning, we were going, who all could we do? And Scout came up high on our list early on. We need to talk to them about stem cell therapy on this dog. And we did, and they pulled the trigger and it's helped. That's a positive, positive, positive use of, of cells, but you eliminated, you eliminated the other thing. And I agree with you completely. What, why would you want to breed this animal? You breed the best to the best for the best. And this is not, an example of that but that's up between the breeder and the owner but that's an excellent workup of a case dr dr pearson excellent it, it was a long slog but we got there and finally got to treat it appropriately and the dog is better you know once again back to i'm making the dog's lives and the cat's lives better i'm not getting them back to status quo i am making them better and that's that's nice that's really nice it's the best thing you can do. I think so. What else you got for me? So just to close out today, what advice would you give to a new partner that just brought on stem cell therapy or somebody that is considering a partnership? Maybe they're on the fence. What, 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 what advice would you impart to those veterinarians? Um, 
I would absolutely sit down with my entire crew, management crew, technicians, other veterinarians, whatever you got, and sit down and build a list of where can we use this. And if you don't feel like you're building a very good list, I would recommend they call you, Dylan, or somebody else there at your lab and say, where can I use this? And then call Larry. I'm going to toss him right under that bus and say, <laughs> you know, where can I use this? What can I do with this? Because I did that to some extent. You know, I have asked Larry several times, can I use it here? Can I use it there? Can I do this? Can I do that? And um, I mean, if I thought I could get fat out of a ferret and make it work, I've got a ferret that I think has myasthenia gravis. And if it comes up positive, I'm going to think about doing stem cell on the ferret, you know. What the heck? I'm not, not going to hurt it. There's not much fat in there, but you can you can do it if there's um, enough. I've used a mental fat. I have not done a stem cell on a ferret yet, but most definitely if if we can get enough fat and it doesn't take very much, and if is this cat is this ferret pretty thin because there may might be enough subcutaneous fat. I I think actually it's got some weight on it still, so I think I could get subcut fat. But build a list of number one things you think you can treat. And then number two, start thinking about your best clients and who has patients that fit that kind of a situation. Who's got old dogs that, that you've got on, you know, a joint supplement and a pain reliever. All of those are potential stem cells. All of those are potential uh, PRPs. Who's got a dog that's got lit granuloma. Every one of those needs to be platelet rich plasmid. Every single one of them. It'll make your life so much happier. Um, Make your list of things like pancreatitis, uh, inflammatory bowel disease, you know, uh, your surgeries, especially orthopedic surgery, but any surgery. Uh, if you do a resection and anastomosis on a gut, do a platelet-rich plasma and just dribble it in around the, the anastomosis. You know, if you do an enterotomy, dribble some there around that enterotomy, help it get the cells there that it needs and keep the inflammation under control so it heals faster. But build that list and do it with your crew so that they buy in too. Because I've had my crew come to me and say, hey, why don't we talk to them about, you know, did you think about talking to them about stem cell or whatever? And I'm like, no, let's go back in there and talk to them about that. And then when you're in the room, uh, one of the things I'll do, I do have posters up in all my exam rooms about stem cells and autologous cancer vaccines and um, platelet-rich plasma. And I will point them out to clients that don't have a pet that needs it yet, but they've got a lab puppy, you know, or they've got a two-year-old lab that you know is going to get old and arthritic and say, put this in your hip pocket and hand them a flyer and say, this is where we're going to want to go when this dog starts getting arthritis. We're going to want to be ready to go this direction because it is better medicine. We'll keep those joints healthier longer and keep them off of pain meds longer and keep them happier and healthier and with you longer. Absolutely. You know, Good time to talk about stem cells right from the start. I do it when I talk to people without insurance. Any more insurance is, I don't know your feelings on it, but Certainly insurance is getting to be almost a, a necessity. And especially with a lab that you know is probably going to tear a cruciate, maybe in a good investment, but certainly putting stem cells in the in the mix right then is a great idea, Dr. Pearson. So part of it's get your crew to buy in. So they're looking for them too. I can only do so much, but I am enthusiastic about this. I love talking stem cells because it's exciting and people can relate to it because they're doing it in people. You know, I don't know how many of them said, can you do that on me? No, <laughs> no, I know that there is a guy here in town that does them. And I've got to find out who it is. A friend of mine used him and I don't know his name. But I've already had one person say, I need to get this done. Who can do it? And I said, I will find out and get you the number. So they're already thinking stem cells for themselves, for their bad knees. Um, and I'm just like, you know, we can do this for knees, hips. We can do this for other problems, backs. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited about having something for a back besides a steroid or a knife. You know, I am just wound up about it. And so I go talk to them about it. You know, 
And if they can't afford it, that's fine. All God's children's got to have a budget. You know, I understand that. That's just the way it is. But they're never going to buy it if you don't tell them it's out there and let them work their own finances. You know, I mean, those are excellent points. The, the cat that I did, the stem cells on the first, you know, one of my first two cases, he, I mean, we slid it in where he had just gotten a paycheck and he could, he could pull it together. He was thinking, okay, you know, what kind of financing can we do? And we were, we were talking scratch paying like that. I'm going, you know, yes, you can do that. And, and we, we'll accept that. That's not a problem, but realize, you know, the interest rates on those can be kind of stiff and he's like oh well no i don't want to do that but i can pull money here and i can do this and you know he he kind of worked it around and came up with the money you know and was happy to do it he just had to have a few minutes to get there and then once he got there he's good to go you know and, and that's sometimes those clients that you would swear you would swear they don't have two nickels to rub together will do anything they can to to, to improve the life of that pet certainly don't want to try to to read somebody's, like you said, you we don't have x-ray vision. You can't read somebody's checkbook through their back pocket. Right. So, you know, build your list, get your crew to buy in, be willing to just talk about stem cells because they're fun and they're exciting and they're cutting edge and nobody else around you is doing this. And this will set you apart from all of your colleagues. And that's always been one of the harder things for me is what am I going to do that 10 other guys around me aren't doing you know root canals man I started doing dentistry and doing root canals and things like that set me apart you know uh, now you know I started doing dentistry and started doing all the cats with stomatitis they'd send them to me to pull all the teeth because I can do it you know I can do surgical extractions I've got a vet tell me a little handheld jackhammer for getting teeth out it's wonderful you know and they just send them to me because they don't want to fight that fight because it's a pain in the posterior doing it all by hand. I've got the right tools. I can do this, right? Well, now I've got another set of toys that I can use where I may not even have to pull all the teeth. You know, that's another place. I haven't even mentioned that is stomatitis. I so desperately want to do a stem cell on a stomatitis cat. I could, I mean, I taste it. I just got to get somebody to pull the trigger on it. You know? When you... And there's the, the big thing is there's science behind this. There are there's there's good evidence behind this. This isn't fairy dust. This there is science. I've got the articles. I can if if people out there need articles or need some scientific validation, I've got that. That's why I went back to school was exactly for that reason. I had to know I had to know more. And I know you're the same way. So it's yeah. This is, this is, this is a journey. This isn't a destination. This is a journey. Uh, you know, I had a practice in Eureka, Kansas for a little while and I worked on the backside of a racetrack and I understand voodoo and black magic because that's what those guys want. That, that is not what we're doing here. And that makes me very happy because this is good rock solid science that has been organized and prepared such that my kids my technicians, some of whom are well-educated and some of them are high school graduates and all of them can successfully prepare stem cells so that my hands are involved in harvesting and injecting and everything in between. I can't even, I have not even tried to do a full stem cell process myself. It's not my job. You know, the surgery bleeds. That's my part. Prepping it doesn't bleed. That's the technician's part. Injecting it, that's a surgery kind of thing. That's my part, you know? So division of labor and let them do the work. It just multiplies me so that I can be seeing other things while they're getting it ready and then jump back in and handle the last of it. And it, it just improves your practice. It improves, improves the flow. It improves the cash flow. And it improves the pets' lives. And that's, man, that is just nice. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Uh, well, I'd be a good preacher, wouldn't I? Yeah, you, you sure would. Well, you know, I appreciate you coming on here, Dr. 
Pearson. And uh, after listening to you today, I don't think it's uh, any uh, surprise or question as to why you got off to such a hot start with regenerative medicine. And I continue to be excited and just pumped up to, to be able to grow our partnership together and see what, uh, what, what more patients we can do to help in the future. So thank you so much for oh, joining us today and imparting some wisdom onto your colleagues. I don't know about wisdom, but I, I do tell stories. I'm, that's one of my skills. I will admit <laughs> good stories. Absolutely. I, Anytime you need any help. Well, you know, my number, I enjoy talking. This has been a, this has been a good relationship and we'll, we'll try to get something going with these zoos. We'll, we'll see if we can, we'll see if we can expand we can expand our usage. The parrot use, I think, is is very interesting. Now, if I can figure out a way to either affect the adrenal disease in ferrets or the insulinomas, I don't think stem cells are the answer there, but um, I, I can certainly see some if it's a myasthenia case, certainly with what Dr. Walton saw with the dog with myasthenia gravis. I'm encouraged. I, I never would, know. That's part of the reason I would like to do this one. I wish I just had you know, some discretionary funds where I could just say, this is what I want to do for fun. You know, I, the ferret would be one of those where I just say, I really just want to try this because hell, I might get a scientific paper out of it and it'd be fun as I'll get out to try. And what are the chances I'm ever going to do another myasthenia gravis in a ferret again? I mean, Absolutely. honestly, I'll every, be glad uh, to, I'll be glad to help you or do anything I can do to to help on that end. I'll Bottom say what line is, say. you won't hurt anything. Yeah. You know, I've got to get it diagnosed for sure that that's what's going on. This ferret's driving me bananas, but <laughs> I'm kind of getting pushed into this corner and we're, we're getting some neostigmine in so we can inject it and see if it perks up and we'll go from there. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can help. And thank you again, Dr. Pearson and Dr. Snyder for joining me this afternoon. I do appreciate it. Um, again, this is Dylan Lancaster with Ardent Animal Health on Ardent Roundtable. Uh, if you're listening in, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you can get the episodes as they come out. Like I said earlier, we've got about 20 to 25 episodes that we've released so far. So listen to this episode with Dr. Pearson. If you just can't get enough, go back and listen to some of our other, uh, some of our other veterinary colleagues that have had some really exciting cases as well. Um, but for Dr. Pearson and Dr. Snyder, thank you everyone for joining us today. Um, hit that subscribe button, follow us on Facebook, Ardent Animal Health, TikTok, Ardent Animal Health, Twitter at Ardent Animal Health, Instagram at Ardent Animal Health. Give us a call, 859-885-7111. We'll be happy to answer all of your questions or you can reach us by email, info at ardentanimalhealth.com. Thank you everyone again for joining us, Dylan Lancaster, Dr. Merton Pearson, Dr. Larry Snyder, very exciting conversation this afternoon and everyone have a great day. Have Thanks a good for day. having us.